Blah. Yeah. <laughs> Adult sounds. Welcome to Beer and Fear. What episode is this? 78? 77? I think it's 78. Oh, the 78th episode of Beer and Fear. My name is Paige. And I'm tired. Yeah, it's almost 10 p.m. And we just had a very delicious dinner. Hell yeah. Zachary and... Her name's Ollie. I know her name. (laughs) My fiance. Yeah, Ollie. Took me out to a nice restaurant for my birthday. It's fantastic. Foxfire. Very delicious. Foxfire Steakhouse and Seafood. Ooh. Really good steak. We had uh, the fried, uh, was it fried goat cheese? I don't know. Baked. I thought it was baked. Baked. Oh, yeah. Baked goat cheese with like uh, some tomato So good. Thing. I got a, we got the same thing. We got the surf yeah, and turf with the lobster and the, cooked differently. the filet. You like your filets rare. I like everything rare. Mine was maybe a little too done uh, for mm. medium rare, but... Yeah, I like everything rare, regarding steaks at least. Yeah. Foxfire Restaurant. Delicious. Very good food. It was your birthday. It was my birthday yesterday. On uh, Sunday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. 27. You do anything fun? I went and saw my dad. Um you know, just jump into how our weeks were. Yeah, well, why not? Okay. Yeah. You saw your dad. Yeah. And your doggos. Yes. Fantastic. I miss them dearly. <sighs> it was very nice. We went and got dinner. Um, yeah. It was nice. You got my steak. bosses. My bosses got me a birthday card. Oh. Yeah, I thought that was real sweet. You know, a birthday card and a gift card. Gift card to work? Uh, Starbucks. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Fantastic. Yeah. How does uh, 27 feel? Uh, Like 26 did, but a year later. Mm Mm-hmm. That's about it. That makes sense. (laughs) It feels closer to 30. God, I'm so close to 30. We're both so close to 30 now. I know. We're the same age now. Yeah, you're a couple months older than me. Yeah. It's weird to think I'm older because you're the one who's always acting more mature. I don't know what you mean by that. (laughs) And like you've got uh, (laughs) you're smarter... Yeah, no, I don't feel my age. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. How was your week? Uh, let me look at my calendar. Work. I went to the dentist. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, and then I've been helping out at uh, Center Stage Theater where we did our um, live podcast. I've been helping out there again. I used to work there, um, sort of like a freelance thing. Um, but now, since they're a little short-staffed, they asked me to help out, and I'm more than happy to. I'm actually very excited to to go and make some some good changes and help out, and you know, it's a lot of fun. And I really love the the people that run the theater, um, Candy, uh, who owns the place, who um, I think started the company. Uh, it's just a phenomenal person. I love her dearly, and um, what she's doing is is insane. But yeah. Helping out at Center Stage Theater again. Very happy about that. Otherwise, same old stuff. Interesting. What's this episode about? Episode 78, which we think it is. We're not 100% certain that. Uh, is on poisoning. The or poison. It's on poison. It's on Brett Michaels, Rock of Love. This is mm-hmm. now a Rock of Love recap podcast. We're going to talk about all the popular songs and singles they've released over the decades. Yeah. Um, talk about the members of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, their influence on rock. Uh, yeah. What's one of their famous songs? I don't know Poison. I don't know Poison either. I don't listen to Poison. I, I would probably know their songs if I heard it. Let me see. Thanks. I gotta look one up now. Oh, Talk Dirty to Me? Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Every sense. Rose Has Its Thorn? Oh. I don't know that song. That's Poison? Do you know that song? Really? Or I like this song. Nothing But a Good Time. That's a good song. Something to believe in. Um, yeah, Poisoning. This has been on our list for a while. I feel like uh, it would have been a an earlier episode. It took so long to do this one, but good pick. 
Uh, and it's your episode, so you want to get in the beer? The brewery? Yeah. Um, our beer is from Energy City Brewing. I've heard of them. You have heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you have. I've heard of them. They have a video of like what they're about their story and I didn't really care to learn. Oh, no. Videos? Just give me text. Okay. (laughs) I'd rather read it. So we didn't do that. No. They are located at 917 First Street, Batavia, Illinois. That's why I know them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They're uh, pretty ding-dang close. Oh, my God. Paige. What? No, this is... Okay. All right. No, I wanted it. I wanted... To, oh, this is crazy. This is why I know them. I wanted to do this brewery because uh, one of my... Uh, one of the people that I work with... Mm-hmm. Um, knows that I do the podcast, and they suggested this brewery for me. They said it's in Batavia. And the cool thing, I'm sorry if I'm stepping over your section, but the cool thing about this brewery is that they're only open one day of the week. Oh, I didn't know that. They're only open Saturdays. Oh, yeah, 9 to 4. From 9 to 4 p.m. They're closed every single day. So you need to go there on Saturday from 9 to 4 to get their beer. And they make some really crazy beer. They make some weird shit. And... I was looking on their website. I was looking at all the beers, and I was like, "I, to- I definitely want to do this this brewery. I want to try a beer from this brewery because some of the beers that they make are like things you've never heard of. They put ingredients in beers that are just crazy, and uh, I'm really excited um, that it's this brewery that uh, I had saved on my list that I wanted to go to. So, our beer is called Bistro Smoothie, yeah. mango, banana, and pineapple. This Oof. heavily fruited Berliner Weiss oh. is a velvety mango smoothie okay. sweetened with banana and splashed with pineapples for extra zing. Oof. It is a highly rated beer. It obviously doesn't have anything on uh, Beer Advocate because yeah. it's stupid. Uh, it has an average score of 4.8, though. Yeah. Only three ratings. Oh. But, you know, it's very highly rated yeah. on Tapped. Yeah. It's also considered a sour. Yeah, Berliner Weiss. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Uh, oh, ABV is six point five percent. Sorry, I got distracted. And which bistro is this again? Bistro Smoothie. Bistro Smoothie. Got it. Yeah, they've got a lot of. Um, looking on their website now. There's a lot got, of bistros. There's a lot of bistros. Pink guava, cabana mango, pink lemonade, peach orange, ambrosia, pineapple coconut cream, strawberry and lime. They have a mint chocolate chip imperial stout. I saw that. They have a Neapolitan stout, vanilla, uh, strawberry, and chocolate ice cream Neapolitan stout. Good stuff. Oh, this is so true. I learned a lot from those first few batches. I started to really take an interest, though, in trying to improve the process. Bro, you could have just typed this shit out. Anyways. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. You could have just typed this shit out. I'm just saying. Bistro smoothie, mango, pineapple, banana, flavored Berliner style Weiss beer. You're a Berliner. Uh, contains real fruit. You're a real fruit. Oh man, I think you should. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm always reading cans. It's your beer. You should read the can. Uh, oh, our beers, our bistro beers have sourness served fresh from the kettle for a bright and lively taste. Hell yeah. Surgeon General. <laughs> I love that joke. Women who are pregnant. It looks good. I saw it. It stood out so quickly. Mm-hmm. It says the uh, at the bottom. Oh, you can read that. Uh, invert and swirl can before serving. Just invert, a mix. So flip it upside down. Yeah, slowly and then swirl just to get the, the sediment that sits at the bottom. Flip it back over. It's interesting. I also saw um, brewed and packaged for Energy City Brewing at Octopi Brewing, Wanakee, Wisconsin. Yeah, I saw that. That's interesting, too. Oh, that's strong. All right, this is giving me some uh, peach ring vibes. (laughs) I'm interested. Wow. 
all flavors come through. I am interested. I think the peach rings is still going to be my number one, though. Have you had any more of that beer? No, but I gave the rest to Jessica. She and I are going to drink it on uh, the weekend. Wow. Oh, my God. That smells so strong. It smells like candy. I just, I'm getting a lot of banana. Yes. A lot of banana. Bunana. It's, uh, it's opaque. I told you it looks like a mimosa. And it smells like, you remember, gosh, what are those hard candies that are, what are they? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. What are they called? Are they the fruit, like runt? Yes. Like banana runt? Yes. Yes. I hate those. Those are my favorite. Really? The artificial flavor banana runts, yeah. I am mad about that smell, though. I like that smell. Yeah, it looks like uh, orange pineapple juice, thin foam. Oh, that's very smooth. It is smooth. Ooh. That's interesting. Oh, you get the pineapple the on the back end? The mango is very pleasant. Okay, banana up front, mango in the middle, and pineapple at the end. The pineapple's the little zing on the tip of your tongue that you get. Wow. Oh, that's good. It. It, it tastes like that's a... That's not too much. Yeah, it tastes like a fruit smoothie. That is balanced. And the mouthfeel is like smoothie. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I hadn't had two cocktails, I would down this. <laughs> this is tasty. This is so good. Wow. It, yeah, it doesn't... Just like the peach ring... I was is, wrong. Hmm. This is going to be my number one. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, this is akin to the peach ring. Whoa. Just the same amount of uh, lactose and... and but it's so flavorful Sugar. and it's not too much. The little beaver one needed mm-hmm. to be in smaller cans. It was it was so sugary. Yeah, yes, it was flavorful, but this is It's got a nice balance to it, yeah. I could drink a whole can of this. Of course. This is just so pleasant. The mango is just really doing it for me. I like I like that you can taste all three in there. It's very well balanced, very smooth. Yeah, it's like I'm drinking a smoothie. These are two breweries that I want to go to now. Yeah, and I really want to check out energy that, yeah the the what is it peanut butter and what was it? It was grape, grape peanut and butter peanut and jelly. Butter? Yes, like yeah. I gotta try that. But it's mm. probably a stout. Really, you think so? Maybe. I'll look. Yeah, check it out. I'm pulling up the beer list to add this. So. Oh, it's a it's a Berliner Weiss oh, with peanut butter and grape jelly added after fermentation. God. Yeah, we've got to try that. 100%. Yeah, that's going to be a bonus episode. I'll find it. Did I tell you um, the Krankenstein beer exploded? Yeah, you told me in your it was pantry. Like, yeah, five of the cans yeah. were up there in the pantry. It wasn't a smart idea. It's it pretty warm up in that pantry. And then um, we bought a four-pack, another four-pack of Apple in my eye to have with uh, Ade's sister. And one of them exploded. Why are these things exploding? Because they're... Are they kettle sours? They're they're not kettle... They're uh, can... Um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, can conditioned. Can conditioned. So I actually recently looked that up. What they do is they add a little bit of sugar and yeast at right when they're canning it mm-hmm. to uh, activate the beer and add a little bit of funk and flavor to it to uh-huh. bring out the flavors. It it start, It's like a third fermentation in the can. Oh. So it needs to be colder than room temp. Oh. It, it really can't be any warmer than about 72. Interesting. Because it starts, it starts to ferment in the can. That's what causes uh, the carbon dioxide and causes it to uh, explode. Interesting. If it's cold enough, it won't ferment. So. Hmm. But this is your number one, yeah? Yep. Oh, the burp's pleasant, too. Oh, I know. A banana in there? Everything about it's just delicious. Hmm. So, poison. Poison. Oh, that I, girl is poison. I didn't make the joke. Never trust a big butt and a smile. That girl. I was going to say, uh, if if you're going to kill me in any episode, it would be this one. Because I was convinced that the beer wasn't actually just going to be beer. It was going to be a can of poison. The secret is it's, the secret is it's rat poison. <laughs> you want it. Someone wants to have their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I already have my own podcast. <laughs> so just blur out the Zach part. Zob <laughs> mm. page, baby. Poisons 
are substances that can cause death, injury, or harm to organs, tissues, cells, and DNA, usually by chemical reaction or other activity on the molecular scale. Not the dunna. The dunna. The fields of medicine and zoology often distinguish a poison from a toxin and from a venom. Toxins are poisons produced by organisms in nature, and venoms are toxins injected by a bite or sting. The difference between venom and other poisons is the delivery method. Industry, agriculture, and other sectors employ many poisonous substances, usually for reasons other than their toxicity. For example, many are important feedstocks, solvents, cleaners, coatings, and so on. Even the toxicity itself sometimes has economic value when it serves agricultural purposes of weed control and pest control. Gotta control that weed. Pesticides are one group of substances whose toxicity to various insects and other animals deemed to be pests, like rats and cockroaches, is their prime purpose. A poison which enters the food chain whether of industrial, agricultural, or natural origin, might not be immediately toxic to the first organism that ingests the toxin, but can become further concentrated in predatory organisms further up the food chain, like uh, meat eaters, so someone who eats meat that has been infested by this poison. Hmm. Apart from food, many poisons readily enter the body through the skin and lungs. Hydrofluoric acid is a notorious contact poison in addition to its corrosive damage. Plant-based contact irritants such as uh, that possessed by poison ivy or poison oak are often classed as allergens rather than poisons, the effect of an allergen being not a poison as such, but to turn the body's natural defenses against itself. Poison can also enter the body through faulty medical implants or by injection, Mm. which is the basis of lethal injection. Fun fact! In 2013, 3.3 million cases of unintentional human poisonings occurred. This resulted in 98,000 deaths worldwide, down from 120,000 in 1990. Hey, we're moving up. Yep, well, down, but yes. Well, yeah. You know what I mean. (laughs) The uh, word poison was first used in uh, the year 1200. Hmm. I wonder what was going on in the year 1200. Apparently a lot of poison. It means a deadly potion or substance. The English term comes from the old French poison, poisson. 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 You got it. A drink, especially a medical drink, later a magic potion or poisonous drink, from Latin, um, potinum. I had to kick kick the kitten out. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Um, a drinking, a, or a drink, also poisonous drink, uh, from potare, to drink. Uh, the use of poison as an adjective, uh, like poisonous, dates from the 1520s. Using the word poison with plant names dates from the 18th century, and the term poison ivy, for example, was first used in 1784. The term poison oak was first used in 1743. Hope you're taking notes. And the term poison no. gas, poison gas was first used in 1915. Right around World War One. Interesting. Probably when mustard gas was a thing. The term poison is often used colloquially to describe... Colloquially? Yeah, you're correct. Colloquially. Colloquially. To describe any harmful substance uh, and to exaggerate the dangers of chemicals. The term poison is also used in a figurative sense, like, quote, um, Zach's ugly face poisoned the atmosphere at the party. Why would you use that? You don't have an ugly face. Well, You're cupid. That's awful nice of you. The law defines poison more strictly. Substances not legally required to carry the label poison can also cause a medical condition of poisoning. So be careful. See, yours looks kind of orange from here. I think it's the lighting. It makes it look like a mimosa. It really is orange. There's no orange in this. Weird. Some poisons are also toxins, which is any poison produced by animals, vegetables, or bacteria such as the bacterial proteins that cause tetanus and botulism. A distinction between the two terms is not always observed. Animal poisons delivered subcutaneously, like by uh, through the skin. Mm-hmm. I know that because I went to school to be a pharmacy technician. Really? Yeah. So you know about subcutaneous poisons. I do. Yeah, like by a sting or a bite. Uh, also called venom. 
In normal usage, a poisonous organism is one that is harmful to consume, but a venomous organism uses venom to kill its prey or defend itself while still alive. A single organism can be both poisonous and venomous, but that is rare. I'd like to see what uh, what examples of that those are. I didn't look Fugu them up. Fugu fish. Fugu fish? Are you, are you for real? I don't know if they're venomous. I just know that they're poisonous. They are poisonous. All living things produce substances to protect them from getting eaten. So the term poison is usually only used for substances which are poisonous to humans. Probably a lionfish. Because like, they're, they're venomous. Yeah, I think I so. I think if you eat one, they'd probably be poisonous. Probably. It wouldn't be good for you. No. While substances that mainly are poisonous to a common pathogen to the organism and humans are considered antibiotics. Biologically speaking, any substance, if given in large enough amounts, is poisonous and cause death, and can cause death. For instance, several kilograms worth of water would constitute a lethal dose. Well, too much of anything can kill you. That's what that's saying, exactly. Too, like, too much water, you'll die. Many substances used as medications, such as fentanyl, uh, have a lethal dose only one order of magnitude greater than the effective dose. So fentanyl is a very dangerous drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can have a very, very tiny amount. That's the effective dose. Just add a little bit more, just a smidgen more, and you've got yourself a lethal dose. Poisoning can be either acute or chronic and caused by a variety of natural or synthetic substances. Acute poisoning is exposure to a poison on one occasion or during a short period of time. Symptoms develop in close relation to the exposure. Agents that act on the nervous system can paralyze in seconds or less and can include uh, both biologically derived neurotoxins and so-called nerve gases, which may be synthesized for warfare or industry. Inhaled or ingested cyanide used as a method of execution in gas chambers or as a suicide method almost instantly starves the body of energy inhibiting the enzymes in mitochondria that make ATP. Remember, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) Intravenous injection of an unnaturally high concentration of potassium chloride, such as in the execution of prisoners in parts of the United States, quickly stops the heart by eliminating the cell potential necessary for muscle contraction. Many substances regarded as poisonous are toxic only indirectly by toxication. An example is wood alcohol or menthol, which is not poisonous itself, but is chemically converted to toxic formaldehyde and formic acid in the liver. Many drug molecules are made toxic in the liver, and the genetic variability of certain liver enzymes make the toxicity of many compounds differ between individuals. Exposure to radioactive substances can produce radiation poisoning. Did you know bananas are radioactive? I did not. Bananas emit radiation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit of it, Why? too. Why? Is it because of the potassium? It might be. It might have something to do with the potassium. Two common cases of acute natural poisoning are the theobromine poisoning of dogs and cats and mushroom poisoning in humans. Uh, Dogs and cats are not natural herbivores, but a chemical defense developed by Theobroma cacao, Cacao. chocolate, can be incidentally fatal nevertheless. So that's why it's not good to give your dogs and cats chocolate. Many omnivores, including humans, readily consume edible fungi, and thus many fungi have evolved to become decisively inedible, in this case as a direct defense. So... You hear about those uh, moral mushroom hunters where they they trek the mountains for morals. Uh, There are things, um, they're called like false morals or um, fake morals or something like that, where they look very, very similar to moral mushrooms, but they are poisonous. They're toxic. So you got to be very careful. Don't just go eat mushrooms you find on the ground. Oh, man. Chronic poisoning, the other type, is long-term repeated or continuous exposure to a poison where symptoms do not occur immediately or after each exposure. The person gradually becomes ill or becomes ill after a long latent period. Chronic poisoning most commonly occurs following exposure to poisons that bioaccumulate or are biomagnified, such as mercury, um, gadolinium, and lead. I got a gad I can show you. A what? What? A gad? No. Uh, yeah, lead poisoning. Um, apparently, apparently, like pencils, all contain lead until mm-hmm. they were graphite. 
I thought that was weird that mm-hmm. students were using lead pencils and just dying. Yeah. Throughout human history, intentional application of poison has been used as a method of murder, pest control, suicide, and execution. If I cover anything you talk about, please let me know. Oh, yeah. As a method of execution, poison has been ingested, as the ancient Athenians did, inhaled, as with carbon monoxide or hydrogen cyanide, or injected, like capital punishment. While arsenic is a naturally occurring environmental poison, its artificial concentrate was once nicknamed inheritance powder. In medieval Europe, it was common for monarchs to employ personal food tasters to thwart royal assassination in the dawning age of the apothecary. Uh, So that's why it was called inheritance powder, because the person tasting it dies, and then the person below them inherits their Uh, position. That makes sense. Uh, The apothecary sounds like a dope-ass time period, too. I'd love to have lived in the apothecary. I mean, an apothecary is a pharmacist, essentially. But isn't it like a medieval pharmacist? Yes. You don't. That's it. Oh. That's poison. The band. Mm Mm-hmm. Brett Michaels, you always know what to do. Poison is an ancient... Instruments of murder and mayhem, mm. as the club or the blade, as those two things. Yeah. Oh, uh, an apothecary is actually refers to the person who prepared and sold medicines and drugs. It's I a thought pharmacist. It, oh, pharmacist. You were right. Yeah, I thought it was like uh, a place, like a mm. building or a. No, thing. It's the actual person. It's the person. Oh. It has, been, it has historically been considered the weapon of cowards. Mm-hmm. A tool wielded by the coldest, most calculating killers. So here are a couple examples of those cowardice killers. Ooh. Is uh, Vladimir Putin on this list? You'll find out. <laughs> Come at me, Vlad. <laughs> you listen to Beer and Fear? I'm sure he doesn't. What Dr. Robert... Ferranti, Ferranti. In November of 2014, a Pennsylvania jury convicted Dauber. Dauber. He's a doctor. I combined doctor with Robert. Doctor Dauber. Doctor Dauber. Doctor Robert Ferranti of the April 2013 cyanide murder of his wife. Mm. Reports indicated the jury was swayed in part by 911 audio in which they could hear Doctor Klein, that's his wife, in distress and struggling to breathe in the background. Prosecutors were able to establish that Dr. Ferenti bought cyanide ostensibly for stem cell experiments. Ostensibly? Ostensibly. Hmm. Related to his research into ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, Mm -hmm. and that he had come up with a plan to kill his wife because she wanted to have another child. Oh, God. He also may have believed she wanted to plan to divorce him. How rude. She deserves to be murdered. He was sentenced to life in prison in February of 2015. 2015? Wow. Yeah. In April of 2003, 16 members of Gustav Adolf and Evangelical Lutheran Church Ooh. in the small farming community of New Sweden, Maine, fell gravely ill after a meeting where they had coffee brewed in an urn. Walter Reed Morrill, age 78, died from the side effects, and 15 other parishioners were seriously ill. Just five days after the fateful meeting, congregation, I'm sorry, congregation member Daniel Bonson, Bonson, age 53, committed suicide. He killed himself with a rifle. He allegedly left a suicide note that read like a confession to the mass poisoning. The contents of his notes have never been made public and the case is still considered unsolved. Wow. Bulgarian defector Georgi Markov... Georgie, Georgie. Yeah, George. I think I've heard of this guy. Had escaped his communist home country for the United Kingdom in 1969, and he became a successful BBC journalist. He used his newfound freedom of speech to slam Bulgaria's rulers, and this did not go over well. They reached out to the Soviet Union's infamous KJB, KJB to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Markov was walking in London in 1978 when a man carrying an innocent-seeming umbrella fired a pellet of the deadly poison ricin into ricin. his leg. Yeah. Ricin. That's, uh, that's like something out of Kingsman. I know, right? Like 007. <coughs> 
He died within days in great distress. I didn't know that that was an actual thing, an umbrella that shoots. (laughs) There have been many suspects in Markov's assassination, including a mysterious Italian national thought to be living in Denmark. But the case remains a mystery. Orville Lynn Majors was a 38-year-old Indiana nurse when he was convicted in 1999 of killing six patients. Majors went to prison for life, even though he'd mounted a vigorous defense stating he'd been blamed for poorly executed medical procedures. Truth was, investigators suspected Majors of playing a role in the deaths of up to 100 patients, injecting them with potassium chloride. Investigators believed Majors tended to target demanding, difficult elderly patients. Mm -hmm. In June of 1986... A few years after the infamous unsolved Tylenol poisonings in Chicago. Do you remember that? We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. What episode was that? Oh, God, I can't remember. But I, I I remember we talked about that. That's crazy. Yeah, what episode was People that? were opening, yeah, the Tylenol bottles and, yep. Yeah, there was a major recall on them all. Yep. Um, Bruce Nickel arrived at his Auburn, Washington home. He'd left work early with a headache. Four Excedrin later, Bruce collapsed. He died in the hospital. Physicians cited his emphysema. Less than a week later, Susan Snow took some of the same headache medicine and collapsed on her bathroom floor. Examination determined Susan had died from cyanide poisoning. By December of 1987, Nikel was under indictment for for product tampering. (coughs) That was in 2015? No, 1987. 1986, 1987. The Tylenol poisoning? Uh, a few years after the... No, the Tylenol poisoning was before 1986. Oh, I don't know why I heard 2015. Okay, oh. yeah. Stella Nickel, Nickel, Nickel mm-hmm. was Bruce's wife. She was under indictment for product tampering. She sought the payouts from her husband's life insurance and had orchestrated the product poisoning that ended up killing Susan Snow as a cover-up. She was convicted on all charges against her and sentenced to 90 years in prison. Hmm. She was eligible for parole in 2018. Still alive, huh? Scottish-born and Canadian-trained physician Thomas Neil Cream. That was my nickname in high school. Neil Cream? Neil Cream. Already had a fairly sketchy background of dead patients. When in 1881, he poisoned his lover's husband... Cream might have gotten away with it, as the coroner assumed his victim died from natural causes. However, he requested, uh, what is it, what, 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 when they ex- exhume? Um, a coroner? No, he requested he be exhumed. That's it. He requested oh, he be exhumed. okay, yeah. Um, stri- strychnine? Strychnine? was found in the victim's stomach and suspicions arising from his request fingered Dr. Cream. <laughs> fingered the cream. He was imprisoned in the Joliet, Illinois State Penitentiary. Amazingly, Cream was released for good behavior in 1891. He ended up in the London slums where he killed as many as five more using poison each time. Finally, he was caught and sentenced to hang... A possibly, well, a possible legend has it that he shouted, I am Jack, as the noose snapped his necks, his, his multiple necks, yeah, his necks, he's got a few of them. leading to people believing he was Jack the Ripper. Ah. Uh, it's, that's crazy to think that these are people's lives, that they're, this is just what they do. This is what they, they're doing. This is what, yeah. you know, getting their kicks Getting their rocks off. Getting their rocks off. Is that the expression? It took 20 years to bring justice for the death of Linda Curry, but in 2014, her husband Paul was finally convicted of her murder. His weapon of choice was the same substance that makes cigarettes and tobacco products so addictive, nicotine. 
Like many poisoners, Paul's motives were money-related. The Orange County, California jury that convicted him of feeding his wife sleeping pills before injecting her with a deadly dose of nicotine found Curry guilty of first-degree murder with special circumstances for poisoning and murder for financial gain. Linda Curry had been a non-smoker, so lethal amounts of nicotine in her system were obviously pretty suspicious. Yeah. Though it took nearly two decades to put together the case against Paul, once he went to trial, it became clear he might have tried to poison others, including his ex-wife, Leslie. Hmm. James Kewen... It's just a bunch of Cs. Kewen moved on with life. Congratulations. He's fine. He moved on with life. He's good now. He had moved on with his life and was reporting for a Missouri radio station when James Cowan was arrested for the 2004 antifree- antifreeze poisoning of his wife, Julie. Antifreeze. The couple was living in Massachusetts when Julie died, and that was where James went on trial in 2008. In court, jurors learned that James had crippling debts and wanted the 250000 payout from Julie's life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. His solution was a steady diet of antifreeze and her Gatorade. Mm. Idiot. How? Wouldn't it be a little suspicious that every time your husband gave you a Gatorade, it was already opened? Or that it tasted a little bit off? Right. I can't imagine antifreeze doesn't have a taste. Like James, Angelina Rodriguez also liked antifreeze. She also had a very inconvenient spouse. Her solution was a mix of ethylene glycol, Mm -hmm. the chief and deadly ingredient in antifreeze, Mm -hmm. and the toxic plant oleander. Rodriguez made three attempts at killing her husband, finally succeeding in 2000 of September, or September of 2000. That's not a year. <laughs> She'd begun with oleander, but that only upset his stomach. Then she segued to an attempt at carbon monoxide poisoning. And her third and final attempt on Frank was an antifreeze spiked sports drink. Hmm. They also found out that Angelina had previous experience with murder. She killed her baby. Oh, come on. To get money. Jesus. She broke the child's pacifier then choked the baby to death and then sued the pacifier manufacturer. People are crazy. Here's a couple deadly poisons. Mm. Ricin. Yeah. I think ricin sounds better. Yeah, ricin. This extremely toxic plant poison was famously used to kill the Bulgarian dissident Georgi Markov. I know about ricin and its toxicity due to the uh, famous AMC TV show Breaking Bad, (coughs) where, spoiler alert, um, Ali and I are still watching it, but I think she's asleep. But later on in one of the seasons, um, Walter White, uh, Brian Cranston, uses ricin to inconspicuously poison um, someone. Interesting. Yeah. Georgie was waiting for a bus near Waterloo Bridge when he felt an impact on the back of his right thigh. Looking around, he saw a man bending down to pick up an umbrella. He was soon taken to the hospital with a high fever and died three days later. An autopsy revealed a tiny sphere made of platinum iridium alloy in his thigh. The sphere had been drilled to take a small amount of ricin and may have been fired from an air gun hidden in the umbrella. Yeah. Uh Right? Well, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> the the interesting thing about ricin is that it um it doesn't the body doesn't react to it immediately. It, the symptoms start very slowly. So you start to develop a fever, you get a little nauseous, you go get really sick, you go to the hospital, your condition worsens, the hospital doesn't know what's wrong with you and then you end, ultimately end up dying. Ricin is obtained from the is obtained from the beans of the castor oil plant, mm-hmm. which is cultivated to extra- extract the oil. The ricin remains in the solid fiber. It is a glycoprotein that interferes with protein synthesis, synthesis in the cell, causing cell death. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. VX. VX is a nerve agent with the consistency of engine oil. It mm. emerged from ICI's research into new insecticides in the early 1950s, but proved too toxic to use in agriculture. VX kills by interfering with the transmission of nerve messages between cells. This requires a molecule called acetylocline? Acet- I don't know. Acetylocline? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Acetylocline has passed on its after... It has passed on its message. It needs to be broken down. Otherwise, it will keep sending the message by an enzyme catalyst called a long word. Mm. VX and other nerve agents stop this enzyme from working. So muscle contractions go out of control and you die of asphyxiation. Wow. Nerve agents were made by both sides during the Cold War, but VX became particularly well known after featuring in Hollywood blockbuster film The Rock. Only one person is known to have been killed by VX, a former member of a cult. I don't know how to say it. Um, mm. Shinrikyo? Something like that. Shinrikyo cult. Shin, Shinrikyo. Though some 4,000 sheep were killed by it in an accident in Skull Valley, Utah in 68. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. Batraco, Batro, Batracho, Dachshund. Interesting. Curare, Cura. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's a. a it comes from a plant. Oh uh, yeah. The most toxic, however, bat Batracho. What? Batro something. Something comes from the skin of tiny frogs. No. Oh. Native Indians in Western Colombia collect these frogs and sweat out the poison over a fire before putting it on their darts. Is you think that's the same reason why if you lick a frog, it it just makes you hallucinate? Maybe. Biatrakotsipte kills by interfering with sodium ion channels in the cells of muscles and nerves, jamming them open so that they do not close. The continued migration of Na plus ions results ultimately in heart failure. Well, woo! Myto mitotoxins. My mitotoxins. There are a number of potent marine toxins such as sexitoxins, which is when you're poisoned by smooth jazz. Sexy toxins. Sexy toxins. Which are often the cause of poisoning after eating contaminated uh, shellfish. <clears throat> My mitotoxins is the most lethal of these substances, formed by a dinoflagellate. That sounds like a sex move. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her the old dinoflagellate. <laughs> it's a kind of marine plankton. Hmm. Myotoxin is a cardiotoxin. It exerts its effects by increasing the flow of calcium ions through the cardiac muscle membrane, causing heart failure. Mm-hmm. Botulinum, botulinum toxin. Does it give you botulism? Maybe. Uh, science differ, scientists differ about the relative toxic, toxicities of substances, but most agree that the one I just said... Mm-hmm produced by anaerobic bacteria is the most toxic substance known. Wow. It was first identified as a cause of food poisoning due to incorrectly prepared sausage, Latin for botulus, hmm. in late 18th century Germany. There are several uh, of the, the botulinum, botulinum mm-hmm. toxins, with type A being the most potent. These are polypeptids consisting of over a thousand amino acid molecules joined together. They cause muscle paralysis by preventing the release of the signaling molecule. The thing that we said before, the same paralyzing property is fundamental to the clinical use of the botulinum toxin in cosmetic Botox. Oh yeah. And to wrap it all up, the thing that makes this beer match with the topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a Geneva woman 
in 2016. 2016. 2016. Pled guilty to poisoning her husband with a sedative in his smoothie. No way. A Geneva, Illinois woman. No way. Yep. They asked some of my coworkers about that. Yep. Wow. A Geneva woman pled guilty to murdering her husband after giving him a smoothie laced with a sedative to end his suffering. She was sentenced to 30... I'm sorry, not 30. Uh, she was sentenced Thursday for 22 years in prison. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Bistro smoothie. We're talking about poison. <laughs> What I think is interesting is that there are so many different chemical reactions in the body, so many different ways that things work with one another, that because of that, there are also so many different toxins or poisons or chemicals or anything that can inhibit or interfere with those chemical reactions that can cause death or injury in so many ways. Like you said, muscle contraction, muscle paralysis, or hypoxia, like running out of oxygen or, you know, stopping the heart from beating. It's just, it's crazy, uh, you know, preventing ATP or whatever, like energy in the body. It's just so much stuff. Like the body, the human body is so fragile when it comes to that. It's, uh, it's wild to think about. I saw. Oh my. Everything's fine. Boy, you are so every time, every time. Um, I saw on the Wikipedia article for uh, poison where I read verbatim my entire section. There's uh, a map that says deaths from poisoning per million persons in 2012, uh-huh. and uh, I think it's interesting because you can see Russia. A lot of poison people in Russia. A lot of in poison Russia. in Russia. A lot of poison people in this area Yeah, like well. uh, Central Africa. But the U.S. is also pretty dark. There's a lot of poisons. Why are there so many poisons happening in Alaska? <laughs> who's, who's got poison in Alaska? It's part of the U.S. But then you can see North Korea. Not a lot of poisons happening in Japan. North Korea versus South Korea. Yeah, not, not much in Japan. Mm. And then same thing with Central Europe. Um, you can see... Nothing in Germany. Germans don't like to poison people. What's this? Um, I forget probably, what that country probably, is. Probably Czechoslovakia. Ch- freaking Czechs. Um, and then Czechs. there's another... Uh, where is it? There's another graph or another map that shows disability-adjusted life year for, uh, for poisoning. Age-standardized disability-adjusted life year rates from poisonings per 100,000 inhabitants. So this um, shows the impact on life years. Look at that. Look at Russia. Russia, what do you got going Russia's on? Russia's poisoning everyone. Why are you poisoning so many You know there's a drug in Russia that I watched a documentary about that's like manufactured to be another drug? What's it? Look, I got to be. I got to look up what it is. And actually, it's funny. I just saw on Reddit... Um, this article on uh, the World News subreddit says Roman Abramovich poisoned during Kiev meeting with peace negotiators. So there was a Russian oligarch and Ukrainian peace negotiators. They suffered symptoms of suspected poisoning after a meeting in Kiev earlier this month. People familiar with the matter said. Uh, They blamed the suspected attack on hardliners in Moscow who they said wanted to sabotage tasks, uh, sorry, talks to end the war. A person close to Mr. Abramovich said it wasn't clear who had targeted the group. So Russia and all those countries are poisoning everyone left and right. I don't understand. Okay, there is a... Okay, I, I don't know why I saw this documentary. Um, it's desomorphine. It's a semi-synthetic opioid. Uh, it's basically, I think people... Make it out of um, kerosene. Kerosene? Mm-hmm, kerosene. Yeah, they use kerosene and ingest it. Like, it goes into their body. They, like, inject it. Kerosene into your blood. Like, to just use as a drug for, like, a high? or Yes. And people die? Yeah. I figure injecting something related to kerosene in your body wouldn't have any good results. Yeah. Where's the beer? 
fan-fucking-tastic. I've been killing it. You really have. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very cool to have something by Energy City that, uh, like I said, it was on my maps as a, a brewery that I wanted to check out and visit. They're only open one day, so check them out 9 to 4 every Saturday here in Batavia, Illinois. Uh, they make some really cool beers, and we definitely want to try some more stuff from them. I liked it. It's very fruity, very sweet. Yeah. You? Oh, my goodness. So f- just so tasty. Oh, my goodness. Like the mango and then just a little hint of banana. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the pineapple just hit you afterwards. Yeah, pineapple like, sweetness. A little tingling. It yeah. was so good. Mm. So good. So well, you know, well balanced. And I really Delish. did like the peach rings one, but this had to take over. Because this is... This is beer. This yeah. is actually a beer. The yeah. peach rings one was just candy. Yeah. Super sweet, this super is, peach. This is a nice, balanced, well-made beer. I agree. Mm-hmm. Very delicious. Good pick. I was actually worried I was not liking beer anymore. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just picking the wrong beers. You're just maybe getting tired of IPAs. Yep, probably. Uh, Beerandfearcast.com is our website. You can view all of our episodes there. Listen to the podcast episodes there. Um, they're released every Wednesday at 12 p.m. unless I'm very tired or lazy and yeah. Yeah. don't get them out in time. Um, but you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I closed our Reddit account because why? And then uh, TikTok, if we ever post anything. Uh, no, I closed that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the handle is at Beer and Fear Cast. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, we post the pictures of our beer. Facebook and Twitter, we post... Uh, um, uh, Updates on our episodes every week. And then beerandfearcast at gmail.com is our email. So, yeah. Have a good day.